Are we recording? No, too much, too much, too much, too much. We welcome to Ducks Watch together. Are you listening? Can you can your ear hear this? I don't bargain. This episode we talk about fugitive Oscar. Okay, I that what I was like. Okay, Kylie's not gonna say her name. And I had it narrowed down to two lines. I didn't kill my wife! <laughs> I had it down to two lines that you were gonna... One of them you said. Uh-huh. The other one was, I'm Josh, I don't care. <laughs> it was great! For the longest time, without ever having seen this film, I questioned why did he win an Oscar for this? And I understand now, everybody. Okay, however... Tommy Lee, great. Perfect. But can we take a moment to, like... See who he's against? Yeah, because I'm pretty sure... It, he, maybe not the... Maybe not the right winner. Let's find out. Looking it up. Okay. Oh. Yeah, no. So sorry. I'm gonna go from, uh, I'll start with maybe the two that, like, shouldn't, like, Tommy Lee's certainly over this. We got Malkovich in the, in the line of fire. Fine. Okay. Pete Postlethwaite in the name of the father. Okay, fine. I'm gonna give you probably, okay, we, we can start some debate. Let's start some debate here. Tommy Lee in The Fugitive, Leo in What's Eating Gilbert Grape. The Fugitive. Oh, okay, great, okay, great, yeah. <laughs> Leo good, but maybe a little, like, just a kid, I don't yeah, know. he's a child, he doesn't yeah. need it. Okay, here's the, here's the winner. Tommy Lee Jones. Ray Fiennes, Schindler's List. Okay, okay, so, so Ray Fiennes' character <laughs> may be the reason why. Yeah, no, I'm with you. But, like, if I'm just, like, straight up performance... Ray Fiennes. Sure. Yeah, yeah. But Tommy! Yeah. But Tommy. Tommy's great. I enjoy Tommy in this movie. Tommy! <laughs> we gotta give it to Tommy! We gotta! What else are we gonna do it? Oh, he has like four Oscar nominations. Oh, life is hard sometimes, Josh. There's like four Oscar nominations and I'm pretty sure most of them are after this film. <laughs> we didn't know. <laughs> We didn't know what we had. Okay, he's got one before. Okay, so JFK. Uh-huh. Um, The nope. Fugitive. The Fugitive. I'm pretty sure the next one is No Country. In the Valley of Ella. Oh, that weird movie. He's not nominated for... <clears throat> old No No Country for Old Men. Okay. Um, <coughs> Lincoln. Uh-huh. Did I get them all? I think that's it. I think that's all of them. Yeah. Who is he playing JFK? He's not JFK. No, he's not. <laughs> Hard pass. Um, oh, he plays Claw Shaw or Clay Bertrand. Claw Shaw. Alright. <clears throat> wow. Wow. Yeah. Gary Oldman is <laughs> Lee Harvey Oswald. Yeah. Wow. I've never seen this film. It's got the cost in it. But it's also directed by Oliver Stone. And I don't know, I don't... JFK seems to be the Oliver Stone breaking point. 
Because in before JFK, I think everyone's like Oliver Stone, great cinematic master. Because like he's got Platoon, and he's got like Born on the Fourth of July. He's got a bunch of like really good things, and then like. JFK goes really far down the conspiracy bandwagon of, like, who shot JFK. Uh-huh. And a little bit Zero Dark Thirties it, in the sense of, like, it just went off hearsay and what everyone was saying, rather than, like, facts and research. Um, and then, so people are kind of like, wait, Stone might be a conspiracy theorist. Oh, he is? And then he went crazy. He went crazy after this? Well, I mean, W. <clears throat> Snowden. I don't know what else he's got besides those two. Wall Street never, Money Never Sleeps. Oh, yeah, Wall Street 2. Savages. Okay. Have you seen Savages? No. Is it... Is it crazy? Spoilers for Savages. Okay, okay. It's a bad film. Uh, yes. But, here's what happens. In the end, it turns out Blake Lively was imagining the whole movie and she dies of either a heroin overdose or, like, a gunshot wound. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's Blake Lively, Taylor Kisich, and Ta- a- 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 Taylor Johnson. Aaron Taylor Johnson? Yeah. Okay, great. Our favorites. Yeah, all, all our favorites. Top ten. I mean, I like Blake. Oh, Benicio's in it. Oh. What a weird guy. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, well, this has been my thoughts on why Tommy Lee Jones should have won. Great. <laughs> anyway, it's The Fugitive. Why, Kylie, are we doing The Fugitive this week? Well, because you recommended Witness. <laughs> because you owned it. Witness. <laughs> and you kept pushing for Witness, and I said, what about The Fugitive? Me, a fool, thinking that The Fugitive was a Best Picture winner. No, it's a nominee. <laughs> so, so that was my bad. Okay. Uh-huh. And it wasn't until you said this was the year of Schindler's List that I finally put it together that this is not a Best Picture winner. <laughs> Though, what an interesting year in which we could get Schindler's List and The Fugitive in the same list of five. Listen, deserves deservedly so. This is also Philadelphia. Oh, great. Yeah. <laughs> Glad trend. Um, the reason why we're doing this is because this week comes out a film starring a little-known actor, a little-known indie actor named uh, Harrison Ford. Yep. Uh, uh, from a, They're doing an adaptation of Call of the Wild. Um, I thought, well, I don't want to see tired Harrison Ford acting against nothing. I mean, I, I did, but I was really busy this weekend, so I don't think I, I didn't get a chance to see it. Um, I wish it was a real dog. I understand why it's not, but like, what if it was a real dog? It's a CGI actor? So it's literally the same technology that they did for like Gollum <laughs> and Rocket and all of the, like, the, like, uh, Planet of the Apes movies. What a choice. Um, he's, he, I'm forgetting the guy's name. He's in the Planet of the Apes movies as well. Um, but yeah, so it's completely like Harrison Ford is acting against a guy who's like on all fours in like a mocap suit. Sounds like a bad idea. <laughs> um, I'm seeing if I can get the guy's name. I want to I wanna say like there's a T. Terry? Notary. 
I did it. I did it, everybody. Mm-hmm. I was the closest guesser of first letters. Mm-hmm. He's been in quite a few things. He's been in Avatar. The Last Airbender. Nope. No. No, that didn't have CGI people. <laughs> uh, the Adventures of Tintin. Uh-huh. Planet of the Apes. Uh-huh. And Hobbit. Yeah. There you go. So. Oh! <laughs> he was also in How the Grinch... No, he wasn't in it. He was a stunt performer slash movement coach for uh, How the Grinch Stole Christmas. He really helped Jim Carrey get all those... Grinch moves down. Wow, he's done so much stuff. He's, yeah. He's cool. He's like a dude. A best friend. Well, you don't know him all that well yet. I mean, you just gotta get to, get to know him. He was also in the 2001 Planet of the Apes. Ah. Uh-huh. So. He was Tim Roth's stunt double, uncredited. Uh, I, I. And he did the mocap for Groot in Endgame and Infinity War. So yeah, he's around. He's a guy. He can play a dog. Yeah, he was also a mocap performer for Lion King. Now I'm just now what I really want for Call of the Wild is I just want the raw footage and I want to see Harrison Ford and this guy. Do you think Harrison Ford tries? I do. Okay. Yeah. Right. I mean, well, I don't know, but like Call of the Wild seems like the type of book and movie that, like, Harrison Ford would be on board with. Like, it's just a grumpy old guy bumming around the woods with a dog, Bum- learning life lessons. Bumming around the Yukon? Yeah. It sounds cold. Snowy woods. Sounds cold. Yeah. Doesn't sound like he'll have a fun time. Well, his, there, his bones, <laughs> they're wild. aching. It calls to him. How old is he? Harrison? He's 70, I think he's 76. Seven. Ah. Oh. Yeah, um, he's one of your favorite actors, so that's why we did this. Yeah. Um, so you know, you you recommended Witness because that is a film in which he was nominated for his only Oscar nomination. Uh huh. Um, and I went what? <laughs> um, I don't know. I haven't seen that film. Uh, but it didn't seem as fun as The Fugitive. It is Witness is a movie which sure let's we'll talk about Witness at some point, but like maybe who knows less a mystery. I watched it when I was growing up, and I haven't really seen it since then. Um, I I remember enjoying it immensely, but that's because I enjoy Harrison Ford. Uh, it's by Peter Weir, uh, who is the same guy who did Dead Poets and The Truman Show. Um, so like it's 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 fine. It's 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 decent enough, but I would have to watch it again before I could really give it a, a true yay or nay recommendation. Yeah, so I settled on The Fugitive. Great. <laughs> Streaming live on Hulu. Yeah, I pulled that out of nowhere. You did. That was a good pull. Uh, I think that of the streaming services, Hulu has the best options for films that are not new. I would agree with that. And so I, I, went, I, I took my shot. Yeah. Because Netflix is slowly crumbling. Yeah. It's like the snake eating its own tail. It's pretty much just going to be original programming soon. The snake eating its own tail. I think their plan is that they've just got enough uh, passive users that are just gonna be like, "Well, I, it's too hard to cancel." Stranger Things four and five huh? and six. Eventually, they'll run out of Stranger Things. Things will become less strange. We can go to college. <laughs> 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 Um, 
Um, oh, it's just friends? <laughs> just like the Demogorgon hangs out with them in an apartment? Eventually. Yeah. Alright, well, so, my thoughts. Um, let's, let's, do you have an inquiry of the half-squared Fortnite? An inquiry of the half-squared Fortnite. I was gonna ask... Um, I was just gonna ask what your favorite film in 1993 was. Because this is a film from 93. What's yours? Jurassic Park. Oh. Yeah, so sorry. It's like just, You just wanted to be able to talk about stupid Jurassic Park again. <laughs> Gosh, I shouldn't have fallen for it. <laughs> yeah, so sorry. I was like, yeah, 93, Jurassic Park. This wins. Yeah, dinosaurs. Yeah, they're okay. Man, I'm so excited. Do you know what? I gave myself a birthday gift this year. In April, I got to teach a dinosaur class. Very excited about it. So those are my thoughts currently on Jurassic Park. Really? If you want more of them, go listen to the top 10 episode of the Steven Spielberg episode. I think I talk about Jurassic Park for 45 minutes straight. Demolition Man. Philadelphia? Uh-huh. Isn't it? Philadelphia? Yeah. Yeah. Groundhog, Groundhog's Day. Oh, that's 93 is a pretty good year. True Romance. What's that? Uh, True Romance is a Tarantino script directed by Tony Scott, and it's like blood, violence, mafia. Well, Roger Avery helped write it. Okay. Well, <laughs> all right. Fair enough. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I'm gonna go with uh Philadelphia. It's just it's a it's a. No, it's just a film I really like. I like Demi. Demi's taking a serious turn. He's no longer doing his funnies, but he creates heartfelt characters and, you know, attempts to, like, tell an important story that wasn't getting a lot of coverage in the film industry, and he felt that he was obligated with his power to be able to try and tell stories of others. Yeah, I love it. I love that a lot. I also like Groundhog's Day because Bill Murray gets a groundhog in the uh, car and then he, like, drives off a cliff. It's good, good, good groundhog driving. <laughs> it's a good time. Yeah, um, I also like that Philadelphia is. I feel in some ways, I don't know if it's a conscious or a subconscious response, but it is a response a little bit to uh, Times of the Lambs. It's not unconscious at all. It Great. is very Perfect. straightforward. Great. I mean, I've thought so, but like, I didn't want to be like putting ideas into somebody else's brain. Also, Michael Shannon's in Groundhog Day. <sighs> he should come back. <laughs> Groundhog Day 2? February 3rd? Groundhog year. He relives the same year over and over again. Yep, there it is. But it's Michael Shannon in the lead this time. Who? I don't even know who he plays. He plays Fred! Is it like a cameraman? No, I'm, I'm pretty sure... Okay, so I, I from for a long time I've known that Michael Shannon is in Groundhog Day. Because when I watched it the last time, I was like, Michael Shannon! And I'm pretty sure he's one of the people who he meets early in the morning on the street. So not the guy who annoys him on the street, but the guy right before that. Alright. Okay. That's good. That's good to know. Alright, well, friends, if you want to tell us what's your favorite movie in 1993, you can do so on friend of a friend You can also find us on Apple Podcasts and iTunes. Leave us a five-star review or any star review. As oh, well as... I'm super wrong. Oh, no. <laughs> That's not him at all. 
He is at a dance at the end. Oh, all right. <laughs> he looks crazy. Well, I mean, he's also in Bad Boys 2. Really? Yeah. Does he play a bad boy? No. Well, he plays well, a good man? he's a bad boy, but he's not one of the titular bad boys. <laughs> oh, you're saying he doesn't play Will Smith or Martin Lawrence? Correct. Wow, I didn't know I, that one. I had to be clear, all right? <laughs> You might even say he's a bad guy. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he plays like a redneck who is wrapped up in one of the, in like whatever drugs are being smuggled. That sounds like him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can also hit the subscribe button on Apple Podcasts. That helps us get more listeners. You can find us on Facebook at Founder Friend Podcast. You didn't help me make a sound. I thought your sound was talking about <laughs> Michael Shannon. I'm sorry. <laughs> hit that subscribe button. I didn't kill my wife. <laughs> Is that Tommy Lee Jones saying <laughs> Harrison Ford's lie? Yeah, as soon as I said it, I was like, oh, so what, that's not what Harrison Ford okay. sounds All like. Okay, alright, fair enough. I okay. guess I just forgot, because Harrison Ford doesn't talk much in this film. You know what he does say, though? I didn't kill my wife. He does. Huh. And then he says, find the guy, find the guy, find the guy. Is that, that like, is that... So, like... Deep in my brain, I have it stored that that's an improv line by Tommy Lee Jones. Is that a true statement? Yeah, so this is one of those scripts where, like, there is There is no script. uh, There's no script. Uh, There is a script, but, like, the reading from from what I was reading into, the actual script itself doesn't match dialogue-wise very much with the actual words that are said. Because Ford and Tommy Lee kind of took it upon themselves to... Be great. Make up a lot of lines. Be wonderful. Um, and Understand to, their characters. Yeah, yeah. There you go. It doesn't... See, I don't like... I am Javert! Because Javert and Tommy Lee Jones' characters are very similar in oh, what they're doing. Uh-huh. But where I don't care for... I am Javert! Uh-huh. I might, but I don't know. Like there is a version of Javert that I like. It's just not Russell Crowe. Yeah. However. Yeah, that's all of us. Yeah. I don't know. Like I'm always like Javert. Maybe you should just like stop. But I'm like, I get it, Tommy. (laughs) Tommy, you got to get this guy. Yeah. There you go. Um, and so. Well, and it's the same story, like essentially. Yeah. Um, because... I didn't steal that bread. I don't care. <laughs> and I am Javert. You know what else is the same story that I was realizing through? Twin Peaks. <laughs> <laughs> no? Maybe? Minority Report? Same story. Like, almost beat for beat. I didn't kill my wife. Who does he... Okay, wait. I'm trying to remember Minority Report in my top three favorite Spielbergs. Okay. Why is he being hunted? His wife's not dead. No. It's, I don't, it's not, I don't remember why he's being hunted specifically, but he's hunted by- Oh, it's because he's gonna kill the guy that killed his son. Yes, yeah. So he's hunted, and he literally is hunted by a police officer who is, like, also somewhat moralistic. And I am Jafar! And he, (laughs) and he has to go into his work to break into, get information. He's got to steal Samantha Morton. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, as you do. Just like Harrison Ford does in this Just like, yeah, absolutely. He's got to steal Jane Lynch, totally fair. Um, Wow, when she popped up, I was like, whoa! (laughs) 
<laughs> Sue, you're here. Um, and then literally, like, it wraps up in like a a, a, a gathering or a a, fe- a meeting of some kind where like someone's like, "Hello, yes, I'm awesome. This is my success speech." And I am Javert. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Is that all? Is that my only bit? <laughs> Your bit is just saying one lines of, of things. Yeah, I don't remember a lot of Les Mis. The only song I really know is One Day More. Uh-huh. It's a power ballad. Yeah. It, it's the most powerful of ballads. Uh. <laughs> and then I know he says, and I am Javert. Okay. <laughs> is this your first time watching The Fugitive? Yeah. Okay. I mean, that's neither here nor there. I was just curious because, like, that's I... a good poll, but it's very similar to Minority Report. Thank you. Well, same film. Yes, only <laughs> in the future. Yeah. yeah. The difference there is that they don't become mutual respectives of each other. They don't become bros. Well, I wouldn't say they're bros, but I think that Tommy <laughs> Lee Jones. Uh, spoilers. Yeah, we're gonna spoil the fugitive, guys. It's from 1993. I didn't know what happened. <laughs> okay, wait. Maybe we shouldn't spoil the fugitive. Spoilers. So, <laughs> totally, Jones does not die. Like Colin. Oh, spoilers for Minority Part. Like Colin Farrell <laughs> dies, and like Javert dies. And I think that's because Tommy Lee Jones is a like a. We spend so much more time with Tommy Lee Jones than uh-huh. we do with those other two characters. Yep. Um, and we see him deal with things that are unrelated to Henry Kibble, Harry Kibble, Roger, Roger Kibble, Richard, 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 Richard Kimble, Richard Kimble, Richard Kimble, which I knew is the character from The Fugitive. However, I never put it together. Uh, anyways, so Richard Kimble, because Richard Kimble just kind of like bums around and revenants all over the place. Yes. But then Tommy Lee Jones has emotions and dealings with Joe Pants. Uh, <laughs> this is another another good pair of pants. Yeah. L- like, I did not recognize him, but that voice, I was like, Joey? <laughs> Joey, where are you? You're like, he's this little guy dating next to Tommy Lee. I know. I did not recognize him. Oh, there he is. Is the Matrix, like, his performance where he does something different? Yes. Yeah. Because Memento, he also plays a real weird guy. <laughs> yes. Well, he's a pretty normal guy here. <laughs> his, I think it's just his voice. Like, yeah! yeah! He sounds like Bugs Bunny. <laughs> yeah, but like, serious Bugs Bunny. <laughs> we gotta find, yeah, Doc, we gotta find Richard Kimball. Oh, man, I, I was like, I could take a whole movie of Tommy Lee Jones and Joey Pants... No, I got it. It's U.S. Marshals. It's only fine. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So my question for you, the reason why I asked you if this was the first time you'd seen it. Yeah. Is, um, so it's not the first time I've seen it, so I was watching through and I knew everything I didn't know you happening. watched it in January 4th, yep. 2020. I, I you, did. You should have said something. <laughs> then we would have done Witness. Um, I mean, I'd watched it before January as well. Um, and... And to be fair, in January, I was, like, in the room, and it was playing, and I was, like, watching it. Okay. Yeah. Um, and, like, I was also talking and doing other things. Um, I sat in a friend's apartment while one friend wrote an essay, one friend played Skyrim, I want to say is the game, uh-huh. and one 
and one friend, me, sat on their iPad and watched The Fugitive <laughs> yesterday because I needed to watch The Fugitive for today. There you go. I think I watched it this week over the course of like three days. I was laughing. That's good times. Got the chuckles. Um, okay, so does the... We'll start here. Does the mystery, I guess, so to speak... Do, how, does that, how does that work on the first time through? Like, how are, how are you feeling? Like, does it hold up? Does it keep you interested? So when you say the mystery, do you mean, like, the question of did he kill his wife? No, because that's answered. Okay. I guess it's the whodunit aspect of it. Um, well, so as I was watching it, because, like... I, from from the beginning, I knew that he didn't kill his wife. He didn't kill his wife. Yeah. I don't care. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I knew that going in. So as I was kind of watching what was happening, the person who I thought did it um, was a much more snevely guy who's shown at the start. And like he's like, hello there, Mr. Snevely guy. And he's like, ah, Harrison Ford interesting to see you here. It's amazing. One time through, you have the dialogue. I know. And so I was like, ah, that's the guy who did it. <laughs> and it is not. It is actually a charismatic man with mm, German accent, maybe? Vague European I accent. Love, I know. I was like, ooh. <laughs> I was like, this guy is cool. <laughs> this guy, this guy is like, hey, uh, director Andrew Davis was like, I need an accent. He's like, I can do Europe. <laughs> Listen, okay, yeah. it adds to the mystique. Yeah, uh-huh. Dr. Um, Nichols. So, <laughs> so as I was watching it, I thought it was that guy. And then I think that guy actually dies. <laughs> I think he's the guy who was, like, in a something accent car accident. Oh, yeah, Lens or whatever yeah. his name is? Yeah. And so it's not that man. Okay. Um, And so then after, like, that was ruled out, I was like, well, we've only been talking... We only talked to, like, two people in this entire film, so it's either Jane Lynch or it's <laughs> that guy. Hey, hey, <laughs> it could be Julianne Moore. Third build. I know. Julianne Moore. Her name popped up and I was like, does she play the wife? And then she doesn't play the wife. Yeah. And I was like, when she pops up, I was like, I remember seeing her name. <laughs> Third build. <laughs> what did she done at this point? Mm, probably not a lot. <laughs> let me let's do some <laughs> research. I think that maybe he could just see into the future. Well, okay, so she actually had a bigger um, part that was cut down. So she was supposed to be their traditional uh, love interest. Uh And, yeah, so then she got cut. Wow, that wouldn't have worked for this movie. Yeah, no, not at all. Because this guy, he doesn't have time to fall. No time for love, Dr. Jones. (laughs) Dr. No time for love, Dr. Kimball. You gotta... You gotta go find the murderer of your yeah. of your wife. Um, but uh, the the mystery itself, at a certain point, w- was pretty obvious. Yes. However, when it started, it threw me through a loop because I didn't I didn't expect it to be his friend. I expected it to be the Snevely guy because I've seen a movie before. Uh, prior to the fugitive. Mm-hmm. She is apparently in Benny Benny and June. Okay. Uh, Body of Evidence. Okay. Which I think is a movie that I heard of. The Hand That Rocks the Cradle. Mm-hmm. And TV movies. Okay, so anyways, so yeah. she has a scene. Yeah. And she doesn't do much, but you know what? She's not terrible. Correct. 
I can totally understand why they would have wanted her in a bigger role. Mm-hmm. You know, um, okay, Julian Moore's great. Yeah. Yes. Um. Yeah. Do you? Th- how do you? How do you feel about the mystery? Because you're okay. a mystery guy. Yes, and. I, so there are two elements of the film that, for me, I don't necessarily know if they work on rewatch. Oh, because the other thing is, like, there's a lot of, like, the mystery itself is a lot of, like, denser dialogue of, like, they switched the samples so that they yes. could... T- so there's there's stuff there. And then, like, because, like, all of the... A lot of the names and the people who aren't Harrison Ford kind of blend together. Yeah. When they're like, Snevely Man gave it to Dr. Leonard who gave it to Joe. Evil white guy gave it to other evil white guy who gave it to Dr. White guy who gave it to blah 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 blah. Yeah. So like that was a little bit hard to follow. Um, and I had to stop and rewind a few times and be like, okay, I got it. Yeah. Um, so on rewatch, <laughs> mm-hmm. the... That I think the actual like, for me the third act of the film where we're actually revealing things is I think where most of my issues are because I love, I love the opening sequence where we're like the where where it's all hap- where the murder is happening and where then we're chasing and like he's like the derailing of the train and then Tommy Lee Jones is it. like that whole first. 45 minutes to an hour of the film just cooks. Rambo? You like, love the Rambo? It's t- really great. Sorry, not the Rambo time part. The first blood part. <laughs> sure, yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> bringing in another movie that this yes. is ripped, but not ripping off. Well, okay. Like, the, the movie that is the same movie. This yeah. is first blood. Yeah. This first act. Yes. Um, it is, and even the second act, when he gets back into Chicago, mm-hmm. and he's starting to go around. Then it's, it's Catch Me If You Can. Yep. Oh, what? Steven. Oh, Steven. <laughs> Steven. Frank. Frank <laughs> wrote Catch Me If You Can. Abigail? Yeah, cool. Yeah. Oh, that's a good pull. Darren Bond came to my mind. Okay. <laughs> and I was like, mm, no. No, Frank Abigail is the character in the movie. He's also the guy, the real guy. Yeah. Okay. Yes, yeah, absolutely. The guy who wrote, Catch- I meant the book, not the oh, movie. Oh, okay, okay. I was like, I don't know if they brought in him. He wrote, no, because he wrote the book. Uh-huh. And then Steven was like, I'll make this into a movie with my two best friends. Tom and Christopher? Has he worked with Leo before? Or not? No? No. Or since. Oh. Yeah. Weird. That just seems like a classic, like a classic pairing. Like you get uh, an actor that everyone knows and the director that everyone knows and they make every movie together. Yeah, he did that with Martin Scorsese. Okay, well, some people... Like having a family there with them. Yeah. Leo's like, no, I need Marty. That's who I need. He's also made two, three with Quentin? Two? Maybe it's just two. I think it's just two. Okay. Because I'm pretty sure my conversation was you with you was, so both of them have only worked with Quentin once before. Yeah. <laughs> Because, like, it seemed like, oh, of course he would cast these two. Yeah. But I was like, but they're not, like, a, they're not, like, a pairing that we, like, are always like, ah, oh, yes, Pitt and Tarantino, or Pitt and DiCaprio. Yeah. Sorry, not Pitt and DiCaprio. Whatever. I mean, n- all of that is right. <sighs> yes. Oh okay, anyways. So it's Catch Me If You Can. So, 
It's the third act when it bogs down. I think for me, having sat through it a little bit, because mm-hmm. um, I've, it's just there where I'm like, okay, I get impatient because it's when we find out like we find out who the one armed man is. And then we find out who he's working for. And then there's like a little extra add a little chase sequence to get there. And then the end of the movie itself just becomes a pretty basic 90s action fight. And I'm just like, oh, we had built to like this really like fun climactic moment where like I didn't think we were going to bog down into like traditional 90s tropes of an action movie. And then we did. If you If you look at... So how much do you know about Andrew Davis's like filmography? Uh, so I know he did Holes, The Fugitive, <laughs> and then a bunch of like action movies that I've probably never seen. Under Siege. Oh, okay, I've seen Under Siege. Uh, A Perfect Murder. No. Collateral Damage. Ooh, that's a bad movie. Chain Reaction. Do you know that Collateral Damage is it's a Schwarzenegger movie that was mm-hmm. delayed because of nine eleven. Okay. Okay, yeah, uh-huh. That's what I know about that movie. And then that it got horrible reviews. Chain Reaction. It's a bad movie? Uh, yeah, it's a bad Keanu Reeves okay. movie. Okay, all right, okay. I know it's hard to believe, but all there right. sure was a time where his career took a dip. Oh, well, we're back. Um, Another, it looks like, hmm, Seagull? Another Seagull movie. Seems fine. And then this looks like um, uh, that guy who everyone made the jokes about. Walker, Texas Ranger. Chuck Norris? Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, the uh, Code of Silence. Oh, great. And then he's got some other things I've never heard of, and I don't recognize... Oh, there's... This guy looks like Tommy Lee Jones. Sure is. The Package. With Gene Hackman and Tommy Lee, Tommy Lee Jones. Can this movie just literally be about, like, Tommy Lee Jones and Gene Hackman, and they're, like, UPS oh. drivers, and they're just, like, delivering packages peacefully? They have large guns in this oh. in the poster. Dang it. <laughs> Anyways, so, I, I, you know, it's actually interesting just looking at these films that it's only relegated to the third act that he has this big... 90s. I act- would agree with that. Okay. Yeah. Um. I wonder then how much of this is because what I do love about this movie is the script and its structure. So for as much as the dialogue might be improv its way through in some scenes or in a lot of scenes, um, the actual structure of the script of the fact that like we don't really have a villain, we have a protagonist and an antagonist. Both of them learn lessons through the movie. They're both in a morally right stand, like a morally right stance. Like I think it's what's genius about this movie is so there's this tunnel sequence that you get to ends. love both of them. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's this tunnel sequence that ends with like I think probably the two like the famous quote lines of the movie. There, there's probably more, but like, I didn't kill my, my wife. wife. I, I don't, don't care. care. And it's it, it's ideologically the two characters boiling down into one line that they Mm -hmm. say to each other, and that's then the conflict and the crux of the movie. And when you can state it that simply and it not seem forced or bad or out of place, it works on this really guttural, nice level. Mm -hmm. And so it is interesting that Andrew Davis's career then is a bunch of Boring action movies. And holes. And holes. Digging up up. Yeah. Like <laughs> what what do you mean, Josh? <laughs> Why are you so shocked that he makes that film? It doesn't uh, it doesn't <laughs> seem to fit. It doesn't fit anywhere in his filmography. He just 
He likes kissing Kate Morrow. I mean... Everyone's hero. <laughs> the yellow dead. spotted lizards. Isn't like the guy from Psych in that too? Yeah, um... Gus? Gus. Van... No, not Gus Van Sant. Dooley Hill. Do- oh, Gus is his character's name, yes, right? Okay. Yeah. Burton Guster is his name in Psych. Okay. Yeah, no. I, I no. didn't pull that out yeah. of nothing. You know what his name is in the West Wing? Charlie. Oh. Oh, that's what you named your cat after. Uh, yeah. There you go. Yeah. What if you had a cat named Dooley Hill? <laughs> I would love it. Dooley. Dooley, Dooley, Dooley. <laughs> Uh, I um, like Dooley. He's one of my favorite actors. Like, I what I liked about this film in particular is so I, you know I've seen some of the Ford movies. I'm gonna name them for you. Some Star Warses. Okay, we're gonna label that out as one thing. Okay. Okay. Uh, one thing. <laughs> okay, five. <laughs> You're missing the part where I said one. Oh, okay. Because, like, I know, like, but, if, you know, maybe even two. I'll give them two trilogies, okay? Okay. Um, and then I've seen the Indiana Joneses. Okay? Keeping up with the Indiana Joneses. <laughs> There's four of those, I know. And then... So you've seen nine so far. Okay. I saw Air Force One. Uh-huh. Which... I don't remember much of him because Gary Oldman oh. is. <laughs> that's a that's a good dumb '90s action movie. Mm-hmm. Like that's '90s action at its dumbest, and it's great. Yeah, we watched it while we were. I watched the first. The only time I've watched it, I was in a log cabin with friends over like Memorial Day weekend. Yeah. I all I remember is Gary Oldman. It's basically like it comes out in the. I mean, it's the get late off 90s. my plane. Get off my plane. And then there's, like, another... He has to land the plane, right? Yeah. It should have ended with killing Gary <laughs> nope, Oldman. No, he does it. Yeah. Um, and then I have the Blade Runners, which Blade Runner, he's a lot more, like, composed yeah. because things. So this was actually a performance... Of, let me get to my point. This was actually a performance of Harrison Ford that felt different from what I had seen from him before. Yeah. Because his character is confident and suave... However, he is taken out of his life of privilege and he is put into a much more dire scenarios and are much more, it was just much more interesting. And I think it's a quieter character than Indiana Jones and um, Hansel. I kept wanting to say Harrison Ford, but it was more captivating than what he does in Blade Runner. And I won't say that he's bad in Blade Runner, but I think that, like, he's just not as emotionally inclined in Blade Runner. Well, and that is part that's what of Richard, the movie. That's what Richard yeah. Deckard is, is that he cannot be emotionally attached to what he's doing because he's going down and killing people. And I think out, if you take the genre out of Ford's career, mm-hmm. you get more parts like Kimball. Um, but what I like about Ford and what I think that really has endeared him to me is that you do kind of have these two sides to Ford's career. And by by no means would I ever think that Harrison Ford is the most versatile of actors. Even when you look at, like, an Indiana Jones as compared to a Dr. Richard Kimball, they're, they're kind of very similar characters in the fact that, like, they are well-educated, privileged men 
put into a world of adventure Mm -hmm. where they have to survive and they're not the best at surviving, but they're just good enough to get by like every, every man should. Yeah. And I think that, I think that the, the advent, the adventure part of Indiana Jones kind of is, and the more drama elements of this are what separate those performances. Yeah. Because like, they are similar in their nature, but I think that when, I think that with, I mean, when you hear the Indiana, when you in hear the score of Indiana Jones, you're like, we got this. We're like, this yeah. is exciting. Yeah. And when you're watching Richard Kimball, you're like, oh my gosh, this guy is going to die. Yeah. He turns into a dummy and we throw him <laughs> into a waterfall. Bye. <laughs> Uh, there's two moments where, like, you're just watching, you're like, oh, those are not things, and it's that in the bus crash, yes, where, yeah. like, the people go like, uh, and that's not at all how people look. No, no. I would have cut that scene. It was really... Not that scene, that shot. That shot. It was really refreshing, however, to go back to a movie from the early 90s, an action, vis- a visual effects-oriented movie. Mm-hmm. That is not based in computer-generated images. That is is based in, like, when the train wreck happens, it's like, oh, they blew up a train. Good. Um, and it looks really intense and really gripping, and you're like, oh. And the fact that I think there's one shot where there's, like, a stunt guy who's supposed to be Ford, like, running from an explosion off this train, and you're like, run, run, buddy, don't die! You know, and it, it, there is something that is gripping about that circumstance as opposed to something like Endgame or an MCU movie where you're like, oh, cool, you're running away from some computers right now. And, like, I'm invested because I'm invested in the characters, but I'm not nearly as invested as I am with, like, I was like that guy's life is at stake. Which also might be one of the reasons why the Dark Knight especially uh-huh. stands out with the Nolan trilogies because and with Batman Begins he also does natural like not natural effects he does uh, realist, real effects but like with the Dark Knight he flips that semi truck yeah. and he explodes a hospital yeah. and so like it's it's moments like those that are like much more captivating than like I don't remember anything from other well, Batman's not up there anymore um, Nolan. He's over there now. He's down here. Oh. Because that's S. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Um, yes. I think all of that is 100%. And, and The Fugitive as a movie can feel a little cliche at times. But I think that that's not The Fugitive's fault as much as the fault of the movies that come after The Fugitive. Because a lot of the things that we're referencing... Um, are movies and stories that have come after The Fugitive, mm-hmm. and I think that it becomes a... Whoa, whoa, Les Mis. <laughs> yes, yes, sorry. Victor Hugo himself. Um, yeah, he's the one that started it. Yeah, all. he did. They're just ripping off Victor uh, Hugo. They are. Um, and I think that the movie itself becomes influential in a lot of ways. Um, and and for, for good reason. It's a good, fun movie. I question how and why and not say that it doesn't deserve it but this movie took the world by storm yeah, as it should like I seven Oscar nominations it is in the top ten of the box office of that year I don't bargain I, I just like can you hear me 
How's your feeling? I don't bark. It's a good scene. That's a good scene. <laughs> oh, and I love later. I just love how much he cares about his, his, his like, people. He calls them his children. Yeah. <laughs> and later he's like, don't let him give you crap about your ponytail. And I'm like, oh, it's so good. Oh, I just, the, the time spent to make the characters on screen actual characters and people is really important. Really well done. There's a lot of slow moments in this movie, and I like it. I think that... Tommy Lee and Harrison only share three scenes on screen together and that you feel their relationship in each of those. I didn't kill... Gosh, I didn't kill... I, I can't do I didn't it. kill my wife. I didn't kill my wife. I don't care. Okay. The so tunnel. I got that. Uh-huh. Um, then there's the, the end. Okay. Uh, and then there's a phone call. They're not together on they're screen. They're not together on screen, but that's close. Uh, oh, there's the one where he gets his foot caught in the glass. The stairwell. Yeah. 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 When he goes to try to see that guy in prison and they're both like, oh, here we go. One of the many close calls of this movie. Yeah. What a dumb mistake. <laughs> well, listen, you know, not perfect. Question. Answer. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so there's the guy, European guy, right? Dr. Nichols. Okay. Who's like, hey, being in- <laughs> he's being interrogated by them, right? And he's like, I will not help you catch Richard Kimball. Uh-huh. Why? <laughs> he's the villain. I think he's trying to... I think he's trying to play his role. Okay. And his role as Kimball's friend. Because he needs Kimball... I think he needs Kimball to still believe that he's his friend. Um, cause like one of the worst things that Richard Kimball accidentally does is that when he finds Dr. Nichols and like talks to him in his car, cause then he lets him know that he's out. Mm -hmm. So, um, in terms of, I just think his cover, I think he has to l continue to let Kimball believe he's his friend. Yeah, but like if he was like Tommy Lee Jones, I, I can give you some information. Kimball might not know about that. I mean, he doesn't have yeah. very much information. He doesn't. He, so, I mean, there's yeah. not much to give. Maybe he's also thinking that the more he leads Tommy Lee Jones down the path, mm -hmm. the more likely it is that he could get caught. I don't really know. Like, it is a little bit of a hole that I'm not totally sure I understand why is the way that it is. Uh, yeah. But I like the scene where he's talking to them and that he's like, we're all smart, guys. Yeah, we're smart. <laughs> I lost my mind at that. Um, that was something that I was thinking after the fact was that it just didn't seem that part didn't make a ton of sense and I guess I don't understand that character's motives in that moment which is okay I don't always have to understand people Dr. Nichols is I think probably the weakest character in the movie mm -hmm. he gets for being an important part of the movie gets very little screen time actually um, and then just goes from, like, humble doctor man to, like, I'm the villain in, like, zero to a hundred. Mm -hmm. Like, real quick. Um, so, that's, that is what, yeah, I think if you sit there and you, because like I, cause I do, it's what I do, but the more you can pick apart this movie, it's why I don't, like, hold this up for me as, like, one of the great action cinemas or thrillers. But it's Josh, cool. It's it fun. It won the best picture in 1993. No, 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 it did not. It was nominated. 
Don't understand why or how, but it was. It was great. Like, it's a good time. Okay, yeah. what? Okay. What? Uh, what are you looking up? I'm going to ask you a question. Okay? Just give me a second. Okay. Be All patient. Right. Okay. Patient third, young ward. Okay. Gotta go back one. Okay. Alright, so... Here we go, Josh. I'm going to name the Best Picture nominees. Okay. Okay? And then I know that you're going to put freaking dinosaurs in here somewhere. That's fine. Okay. You can do such. Great. Okay. But here are the films nominated. Okay. Uh, Schindler's List that wins. Uh-huh. The Fugitive. Okay. Uh, in the Name of the Father. Great. Hmm. Uh-huh. What a film. The Piano. What have you have you seen in the name of the father? Yeah, it's with that guy who can't act unless he destroys his life. <laughs> that's a that's a way to describe <laughs> Daniel Day Lewis. <laughs> what if what if you told Daniel Day Lewis that's like how like that's how you perceived him as an actor. Like, I don't want to get punched in the face. Do you, I think I'd just wreck him. I think he'd be like, I can't act. I'm not a good actor. I don't know how to do it. Yeah, well, you know, if you have to go and, like, spend 18 years in a log cabin to play Lincoln, I'm, I don't know what to tell you guys. Okay, so is it in the name of the father, like, something about, like, IRA, like... Nonsense. You gotta prove his father's innocence. Okay, great. Uh, the piano. Uh huh. And then the remains of the day. Okay. So, Josh, what are you gonna take out to put in your dinosaur film? I mean, listen, there are two below the fugitive, so like, good job, everybody. Is it in the name of the father and the day remains? Uh, I've not seen or heard of the day remains, so it's got. Outside of when I look at this this list, it's got NRA. No, N- NAR. Not the NRA. Hopkins. Yeah, oh, Hopkins okay, isn't it? Yeah. The guy who can't act. Just like them popes. All right. Um. Okay. Okay, great. Yeah, that one's gone. Okay. Uh huh. You gonna get rid of in the name of the father? Well, I mean, I'm. I'm, I'm <laughs> all right. I'm Are you gonna let, get rid of the piano? Gonna, no, the piano's good. The piano's in. Okay. Um. I guess, so, okay, I'm gonna let you be the determining factor in the name of, in the, name of the Father. You've seen it. Whatever. Does it deserve to be there? Okay, <laughs> no, okay, great. Of the best films of 1993, no. I'm gonna say there is one glaring omission okay. that I think Dinosaurs? would never get there. Dinosaurs. No, um, I would absolutely put Jurassic Park in there, but okay. I understand in a real world scenario, you're not going to put two Speely films in there. You're just not going to do it. So you're, you're kicking out Schindler's List. So Schindler stays and <laughs> Jurassic Park goes. Um, I, while I could make an argument that Jurassic Park, I think, is a more influential film on cinema and society than Schindler's List, mm-hmm. I would not make an argument that it, sh- it deserves to be in this category over Schindler's List. That said... Um, I would agree. I think that the film that is not there that surprises me okay. is A Few Good Men. Um, I it's... do you want that? I can't, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> <I> want... <laughs> that one also has a classic line. Can I get it? 
I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Yeah, you've got uh, you've got Jack and Tom yelling mm-hmm. at each other in a play adapted by Aaron Sorkin. Well, okay, now here's the issue. Yeah, that film, according to Wikipedia, okay, Mia Culpa, okay. is a 1992 film. Oh, is it? Okay. Oh. There you go. So that... I, that that's, takes that out. That takes it out. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. yeah. All right. So, sorry. Um. Don't worry. It was nominated in the... Not, okay, a few. Okay, a few. Sorry. A yes. few a few good A few men. good men. Sorry, I had the wrong year on that movie. It's okay, Josh. Um... Listen, maybe... Philadelphia? Why is Philadelphia not there? That's, that's a good poll. Yeah. My one is... Groundhog Day. Okay. Groundhog Day would never have been nominated. It's mm-hmm. a comedy. But, like, that is a well-acted, well-shot, well-directed, well... Like, it's 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 funny. It has something to say. Like, it seems like the type of movie that, like, now might have gotten a little bit of awards recognition. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a good, that's a good poll. Yeah. Uh, Philadelphia was also a good poll. Um. So you're saying that the five is Schindler's List, The Fugitive, I guess, Groundhog Day, Philadelphia, and The Piano. I, I mean, I, I put in Jurassic <laughs> Park over The Fugitive, but that's just me. Like, <laughs> I would put Jurassic Park in there over Groundhog Day. I mean, yes. <laughs> I mean, no, I don't think The Fugitive is one of the five best movies of 1993. It's good. It's really good. I don't know how to handle this. Um, best film of the decade. I, I'm also like, why, why, like, why Tommy Lee and not Harrison? Like, what is what this, like, I don't, like, Harrison Ford to me, I get, I said is not the most versatile actor. However, there are way less versatile actors who have multiple... Tommy Lee Jones has multiple Academy Award nominations. And is not the most versatile of actors. <laughs> yeah, but he's good at what he does. Yes, yeah, yeah. But, like, how is it that Harrison doesn't have more than one? I mean, even if, like... So we nominate him for The Fugitive. Yeah. And we take out Daniel Day-Lewis, who can't act. <laughs> Sorry, have... no, we take out Anthony Hopkins. Yeah, there you go. It's, I mean, like, the real... Who's sp- the five in Best Actor that year? Well, it's Tom Hanks, because uh-huh. he wins. Yes. Two years in a row. And, it's... and this is the first of the two. And then it's Danny Day. Lawrence Fishburne for What's Got Love Got to Do With It. He has to stay, because yeah. that is an incredible yep. no. yeah. performance. Great. Yeah. Anthony Hopkins is... Okay. <laughs> <laughs> And then Liam Neeson for Schindler's List. Okay, yeah, so get out, Anthony. You're gonna keep Daniel Day. I want to listen. Tradition. Yeah, tradition. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to put Harrison in there. Yeah. Um, what else? What other films could we nominate him for? Okay, so just based on ones that also got a little bit of love from the Academy. So Raiders of the Lost Ark is nominated for Best Picture. Okay. And I, I don't think that movie works if your lead actor isn't great. So that's 81. But yeah, like, Raiders certainly... 
because again, just I think that not only is he really good in that movie, creating a lore and a character, I think that I think creating an iconic character mm-hmm. is as good of a piece of acting as a person can do. Okay. So here are the best actors that year. And I'm not, I can't speak for a lot of this. This is up to you. We'll see what I can do. There's exactly one that I know should be here, having not seen the film, but because I believe in David Sims. Okay. Number one, Henry Fonda for On Golden Pond. Yes, agreed. The winner. Yeah. Warren Beatty, Reds. Okay, that one can be here, yes. That's the one that David told me is correct. Okay, yeah. Burt Lancaster for Atlantic City. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Okay, great. Dudley Moore, Arthur. No, my mom likes this. All right, Dudley Moore, Arthur, that's a landmark comedic performance. And then Paul Newman for Absence of Malice. Okay, so Paul Newman and (laughs) who did you say before? Burt Lancaster. Burt Lancaster. You know, we all know and love those performances and films, and they have a real big impact on what we do in an everyday... No, like, either, either. Put okay. in Harrison Ford. Okay. Um. I would, I mean, I personally would argue that one of the Han Solos needs to be here. Okay. I would probably say Empire. Okay. Um, which is, oh man, he just, he would just get back-to-back nominations for me. That's a supporting one, though. He's the support, he's a supporting actor in that movie. What is that? 80. Okay. So supporting actors, uh-huh. uh, Timothy Hutton for Ordinary People. Okay, that was a big movie that year. Right? It won. Yeah, I know that because I look at that cover all the time, and I always confuse what it is because I always think it's Kramer versus Kramer, but it's not. Um, Judd Hirsch for Ordinary People. Uh huh. <laughs> Michael O'Keefe for Ordinary People. No, sorry. Uh, for the great Santini. Huh. Uh, Joe Pesci for Raging Bull. Okay. And then Jason Robards for Melvin and Howard. Mm, oh, Demi! <laughs> we gotta keep it. Okay. So there's at least two in there, though. We were like, Harrison? Harrison could be in there. Which ones? The, the Not... Okay, wait. So, Michael O'Keefe. Yeah, that's probably the one. Because, uh, sure, keep the two ordinary people because, like, alright, fine, I guess. Keep the Demi. And there's one other one. What was it? Right? Joe Pesci. Joe Pesci, yeah. So, you're down to whatever this guy is. Michael O'Keefe. Yeah, in what? The great Santini. Yeah, I mean, was that Santini really all that great? Okay. See, you have to pick Empire, because if you pick um, the A New Hope, uh-huh. you're, you're putting him against... Um, Guinness. Guinness. And I think Guinness is probably the deserved one. Mm-hmm. Yes. And that's a little... I mean, like, I feel like Frank Oz should have been in here. Uh, I yeah. Feel- <laughs> I think we need to do our thing where we pick a year and we redo the Oscars. I'm I'm on board. You, I, we just need to pick a year. Okay. Okay. We'll do it. Uh, preferably, you know, seventies, eighties, or nineties would be the easiest for me to, or you know, pass. That. All right, nineteen thirty-seven. Here we go, Josh. <laughs> it's not an interesting conversation to have that. Oh, in twenty twenty, this film doesn't. Hold up to the standards of our, you know, society yeah. now, but... <laughs> Can I make one more argument? Okay. And that you might have to pull it up here. Yeah. 42. The... Uh, Baseball movie. Yeah. He plays Branch Rickey. I need a year. 2013. 
So the 2014 Oscars? Yeah, and it'd be supporting actor. No, you're, you're, he's not the lead of the Jackie Robinson <laughs> film. I'm not dumb. <laughs> okay. Now, to be fair, I'd also want to try to squeeze Chadwick in. Yikes! Like, I, oh, oh, is this a hard... Oh, oh, yikes! Okay, all right. Come on. Let me see if I can get one. Do you want the actors or supporting actor first? To try to okay, let's let's continue Harrison, then we'll okay. do Chadwick. Okay. Okay. Um, we're gonna we're gonna start from the bottom and work to the winner. Working from the bottom okay. up. Okay. Jonah Hill for The Wolf of Wall Street. <sighs> okay. All right. Fastbender for Twelve Years a Slave. Okay. That that one has to be in. Okay. Uh, Bradley Cooper for American Hustle. Yeah, get out. Um, Bark Bark had a. Abdi. Abdi for Captain Phillips. Sure. He's the captain. Okay, now. well, here's the thing. We also need to put Tom Hanks in for the actor, okay? <laughs> oh, we got <laughs> two? Yeah, we, we got to get rid of two people. <laughs> okay. And the winner is Jared Leto for Dallas Fires Club. Okay, well, we have room for Harrison Ford. <laughs> we have room. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Even if you're like, it's a little bit of a caricature of a performance, we clearly don't care about that in 2013. So uh, we can get rid of, I think, I think we can get rid of Bradley in this as well. Bradley's easy, Leto's easy. I can't speak for Jonah Hill. I would keep Hill in this list of five. Mm-hmm. I would keep Hill just because it's easy enough. And you're going to keep Fastbender? Yes. And then Abdi? Yes. Okay, good. Great. All right. Oh, God. Best actor. Okay, so like, here's the thing. Uh-huh. I, I may have to take Harrison out because I can't put Harrison in and not put Chadwick in. <laughs> so if I can't get Chadwick in... There's one way you can get Chadwick in. Okay, but I gotta get Chadwick and Hanks in. I, you know, if we only get Chadwick in... <laughs> okay. There, there's one that I there's one that I clearly can get rid of. Okay. There's one I feel like you're okay to get rid of. Okay. There's one I haven't seen but you love and I won't fight you. Okay. <laughs> I'll just let it be. Okay. <laughs> All right. Starting from the bottom. Okay. Chiwetel Ejiofor for Twelve Years a Slave. Yeah, that's gotta stay. <laughs> yeah. Yes. 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 Yeah. Okay. Um, Leonardo DiCaprio for The Wolf of Wall Street. Okay, I can I, I would argue on that one, but see, like I feel like Leo's the one where we could be like, there there there's two that you could be like, oh, are there Hanks or this guy? Okay, I would. Okay, let's let's hear the list. Okay, yeah. Bruce Stern for Nebraska. Ooh, okay, love that performance. Okay, see it. Yeah, don't uh-huh. don't fight yeah, me. No, no, I'm not gonna fight you. Okay, no. this one we can get rid of. Um, Christian Bale for American Hustle. Yep, get gone. I, I saw American Hustle and thought, wow, that was a movie. <laughs> this was a. <laughs> <laughs> this was a film. Yeah. <laughs> and then Matthew McConaughey wins for Dallas Buyers Club. So McConaughey's win is for the McConaissance. Mm-hmm. So in some way, like, if it... I could adjust it to where he wins for... Mud? Some... Oh, gosh, yes. <laughs> like, something else, I might be okay with it. Well, we have to fix mud. <laughs> Put mud in. Gosh, here's the. I feel like with this, we're gonna have, like we're gonna pick a year for the Oscars, and then really it's gonna be like, well, it's because I go back and I go to 1977, and I actually give Tommy Lee Jones the award <laughs> because then Tommy Lee Jones doesn't have to win for the Fugitive, so that this guy Is can. This win. just a corkboard full of like pictures and strings and photos of how we fix the Oscars. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so I feel I you know Leo versus Tom Hanks. Let's, let's Leo doesn't win anyway, so just give it to Tom Hanks. Uh huh. Yes. <laughs> and then Christian Bale. 
Bale's easy to go. Uh-huh. I would probably argue that if I'm going to keep in Hill, mm-hmm. I need to keep in DiCaprio because DiCaprio is better than Hill. All right, so, so we kick out I'm Jonah Hill. Out, I think I'm just going to kick out McConaughey. Wow. All right, when does mud come out? <laughs> Two thousand twelve, so I need Oscars twenty th- so just the year before. Alright, yeah. here we go, Josh. Let's fix it. He's gonna win <laughs> for twenty twelve. Oh yikes. <laughs> we can we can get him in to nominate him. Ready? But, but we may not win. Yeah. Okay, so we got Denzel Washington for flight. Okay. Yeah, he's in. McConaughey is in. Okay, great. Walking Phoenix for the master. Okay. Uh, Hugh Jackman for Les Mis. <sighs> Goodbye, Hugh. <laughs> Throwing you out. No, keep Hugh. Come here. Come here, buddy. You uh, stay. Josh. You stay. Josh. Hugh doesn't have one otherwise. I don't care. I care. I don't care. I need you to have one. <laughs> it's either that or we're doing Greatest Showman. All right? <laughs> no. Logan. Uh, oh, okay. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Greatest Showman? Greatest Showman? Do you think he actually earned it for Greatest Showman? He earned it! Maybe not for acting, but for everything else. He loved that movie into existence. Yeah, Logan is the right answer. I understand. Yeah. <laughs> um, I got nominated for a screen adapt uh, script. Yeah, yeah. Okay, um... Bradley Cooper for Silver Lane's Playbook. Yeah, good, good, good performance, Brad. And then Daniel Day Lewis for Lincoln wins. Okay, well, okay, so hang on. So it's easy. We can fit McConaughey in. Can you read me the supporting actors for that year? Are we going to put him in supporting for Mud? Not for Mud. Oh, maybe we will. For the Lincoln lawyer? Is he supporting in Mud? Can we? (laughs) Oh, the children are the leads. Okay, let's try to fake this. Okay, category fraud. Let's get him one in supporting. Tommy Lee Jones for Lincoln. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) For Thaddeus Stevens. yes, yeah. Philip Seymour. I think this is a harder category. <laughs> there might be. I haven't seen one of these films, and you might be like, "Whatever, get rid of this guy." And then the actual winner, you might be like, "Whatever, get rid of this guy." Okay, great. I'm not able to give it to him as the winner. Philip Seymour Hoffman for The Master. Okay, the problem is, is that Philip Seymour Hoffman for The Master, a movie that I'm only okay with, probably should have won. Okay, that's good acting. Great. Yeah. So uh, Robert De Niro for Silver Linings Playbook. Okay. Okay. You're here because. Okay, so we yeah. get rid of De Niro. Great, okay. He's in. Alright. Okay, Alan Arkin for Argo. Oh, I like Alan Arkin and Argo. Oh, see, I thought you would be like, Alan Arkin's just doing his Arkin I thing. I mean, he is just doing his Arkin thing. A hundred percent. Okay. But you know what I kind of like? Arkin. The Arkin thing. <laughs> okay. And then Christoph Waltz wins for Django Unchained. Okay. Christoph's not winning. Here's the issue. Here's okay. the issue. Yeah. We nominated Christoph Waltz for Django Unchained, but I... Scroll on up, and I look at Best Actor, and Jamie Foxx, nowhere to be Not seen. There. Yeah. Maybe, so, maybe, maybe. So I don't know Denzel Washington's performance in Flight. Um, uh, Hugh Jackman, we already got rid of. I don't know Bradley Cooper's performance in Silver Linings Playbook, but maybe, just maybe. Den- Jamie should be there over Denzel. That is Kay. true. Yes. Um, the other thing that's true is I am a million percent on board with the idea that 
Christoph Waltz in Django in supporting is category fraud. Okay. He's a co-lead of that movie. Okay. All right. So Leonardo DiCaprio for Django Unchained. Ooh, that's harder. <laughs> that's harder. Gotcha. Yeah. Calvin Candy himself. Okay. So. All right. Great. Okay. Well, this is a good thing. We'll do like this. We're okay. in like a phone booth and we keep going back to try and fix things. And then everything like in the end, it's like Jared Leto has seven Oscars now. No, he has none. <laughs> Except for maybe his angel face. Wow! No, he's got none. Guys, we did it. Yeah, what? The only person in Fight Club with an Oscar is no longer Jared Leto. Uh, no one has one now. Brad Pitt has oh. one. Okay, great. Perfect. Now there's two people. <laughs> two. Okay. Wow. I have a game for you as we'll wrap up this episode. Uh, final thoughts before the game on The Fugitive. I loved it. Good movie. I'm glad I picked this and I didn't watch a sad Amish movie. Witness. <laughs> I'm sorry, Josh. It's I don't know much about it, but it just seems sadder. But Kylie, I own it. It's right there. It's very colorful. <laughs> okay. Uh, here's the game to wrap it up, because the Planet Hollywood game is uh, broken, so we got to figure out how to continue playing that. Get some rubbing alcohol and clean inside. Oh, okay. Awesome. Okay, Kylie, top ten of 1993 by Gross. Jurassic Park. Is number one. Schindler's List. Is... Not here. <laughs> Not in the top ten. Oh. Schindler's List might actually come into a little bit of... I think it comes out at Christmas. Mm. So most of its gross might actually come out at Annika. Sorry, yes. Okay. What else do I got? I got... Okay. You got Park at one. I'm gonna tell you... The Fugitive. Okay, The Fugitive is two. Piano. Not here. <laughs> Crap. Um. Oh, Groundhog's Day. Is twelve. Mi- uh, I can't do this, Josh. <laughs> Mrs. Doubtfire. It's five. Yes. Yeah. Thanks, Chris. Yeah. Chris Columbus <laughs> always got my back. Um, the Nightmare Before Christmas. It's not here. <laughs> Philadelphia. Uh, no. Okay, <laughs> Josh, why don't you give me some hints? Nightmare is 24? In the Name of the Father. Ooh, In the Name of the Father is... Oh, it's a different movie. Okay, there's a movie that starts with N. In about seven. Okay. Uh, <laughs> hey, let's okay. start with number ten. Why don't you give me some hints? Okay, number ten is a movie that I thought was in 1993, but is in 1992. A Few Good Men. There you go. Uh, number nine is a R-rated Stallone film. Okay. That is the first R-rated movie I ever saw in theaters by myself and was terrified. Silence of the Lambs. No. You saw this before Silence of oh, the wait, Lambs? Oh, no, sorry. Well, okay. First one that... <laughs> my, okay. Okay. Sorry. Um, first one that I willingly was like, yeah, this is rated R. And then my mom was like, go see it. And then she went to another movie with her boyfriend. Demolition Man. No, that no. doesn't make money. Yeah. You're right. No, that yeah, was yeah. a stupid um, answer by yeah. me. Yeah, no, it's fine. It's all good. That's um, 18. Cliffhanger. Cliffhanger. <laughs> Shoot up! Alright, uh, Disney Animated of 1993. 1993. Look at this stuff. Actually, I think it's of the year before. Let me Aladdin! It's Aladdin. <laughs> um, 
I think it's the year before. It is the year before. This is a hold. It's still in the top ten. Because Lion King comes out in ninety four. My age. Yeah. Okay. 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 Uh, this okay number seven. Seven and six are gonna be the hard ones. Do you know them? I'm gonna have to look up some information to make sure. So no. All right, number seven starts with N. Bruges, in the heat of the night. It is. It's a Clint Eastwood film. Like, did he direct it? So. Into the unknown. <laughs> oh, oh, okay, okay. One of the other actors in it is nominated for Best Supporting Actor, so we've said it out loud. In the name of the father. <laughs> in, oh crap, Michael O'Keefe. Do you want that actor? Yeah. Malkovich. John Malkovich, nominated for this movie, Best Supporting Actor. Eastwood Malkovich. Did he direct it? You asked. The answer is no. Oh, that's weird. Wolfgang Peterson. Speed? <laughs> that's the wrong guy. That's Jan de Bont. Same person. Um, you know, I know that you definitely said it. <laughs> However, <laughs> in the time of war. In the... Heart... Line of fire. There it is. Yeah, okay. there it is. Okay, great. Phew, we did it. Okay, great. Okay. You got five, Mrs. Doubtfire. Uh, Tom's other film of 94. Or 93, Sleepless sorry. Sleepless in Seattle. Boom. Uh, and the number three film really? is... Yeah, that's four. Okay, I was running out of 90s films for <laughs> Alright, uh, and uh, Tom, Tom Cruise is back. Okay. Mission Impossible. Um, he's a lawyer. The firm. There it is. Okay. Josh, the correct way to describe that film oh, okay. is... This is the best Tom Cruise has ever run. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Opinions have been stated. Okay. All right. The best he's ever run. We gotta give Tom Tom Cruise running. We don't have time for Tom Cruise running awards right now. (laughs) We gotta wrap this episode up. All right. Yeah, he like like he just runs a lot in that film. Great. All right, so the firm is nominated for Hall of Fame Tom Cruise running. <sighs> okay, is that all of them? I think so. Yeah, bah! you did it. Uh, the only one you didn't get in the top eleven was Free Willy. We didn't go to eleven. I just wanted to say that Free Willy was eleven. You guys. Okay. Well, everyone, right. this yeah. has been a great time. I'm glad that we're all here today to celebrate the fugitive, and we tried to retrospectively fix the Oscars, and we failed um, because we had to keep going back and trying to change stuff, and, like, I don't think we did it correctly. We're going to pick a year. We're going to do it for realsies. Though I don't think I ever gave Harrison Ford the win, so maybe in my world he just has more (laughs) nominations, even though he's my favorite actor. Yeah, you didn't ever give him the win. See, for me... No, wait, uh, what was 81? I'll I'll give him the win for Indy. I don't even know what was there. Give him the win. The guy for ordinary people. Yeah, give him the win. Hmm. No. Reds? I don't remember. Anyway, we'll do yeah, yeah, yeah. You gave it the guy who won, you said yes. And then we kept Reds, and then I don't remember the rest. Well, he's in, but he doesn't win. Harrison wins. Good job. All right. The only way that Keanu has won in my mind is that popular Oscar... <laughs> <laughs> the popular Oscar will exist, and John Wick 4 wins. All right, there we go. 
Alright friends, if you want to join this conversation, and why wouldn't you, you can do so at friendofafriendpodcast.squarespace.com. You can also find us on Apple Podcasts and iTunes if it's a five-star review or any star review, as well as hit that subscribe button. I ain't kill my wife! I don't care! <laughs> you can also find us on Facebook at Friend of a Friend Podcast and Twitter. DWT underscore podcast. Tumblers. Ducks Watch Together. YouTubes. Ducks Watch Together. Uh, Letterboxd. Darby ACT and Kylie Gallisher. Thank you so much for listening. I've been Josh. Kylie. Quack, 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 quack. quack. quack.